Very good. All right. We'll call this meeting to order here. It is 7 p.m. on May the 4th. Uh, happy Star Wars Day to those who are concerned with that sort of thing. And uh, we are commencing our regular meeting here. Um, it appears all the trustees are pre present uh, and Rob Porter as well. Some of us appearing here in person in the meeting room and some of us through Zoom. Mr. Porter, would you call the roll, please? I unmute Rob. Here's our left. I think so. Mr. LaBarber? Present. There you go. Uh, Mr. James? I'm here. Uh, Mr. Weedman? Present. All right. I've gotten a little out of our usual order here also. Uh, does someone have an invocation for us tonight? I do. All right. Uh, if everyone would stand, if you're able, for the invocation, Mr. Warwick will deliver that, and then we'll do our pledge to the flag. Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you as always for looking over us. And we know you're always looking over us and we can count on that, even though sometimes we don't show the gratitude that we should. We ask that you look over our elected officials as they navigate these very uh, tumultuous times, uh, a lot of changes in rules and policies and, and kind of going with the flow. We ask you to look after our first responders who take risks every day so we can be safer. And we just thank you for all the blessings you bestowed upon us. And we ask you to look over us in this week where we celebrate our day of prayer. And we will be reaching out to you again corporately on Thursday. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Turn to the flag here. I pledge allegiance to the flag and to the republic, republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Well, I thought we were going to be synced up, but <laughs> all right. Thank you, everyone. All right. We've done our roll call. Uh, let me note again, we're doing a hybrid meeting, some of us in person, some of us appearing uh, over Zoom. Um, the state of Ohio has authorized bodies to meet through electronic means during this time and uh, to take votes over video conference or in person. Uh, do each of you who uh, will be approving or signing anything tonight who are not present in the room give consent to affixing your electronic signature to, uh, signature to any such things? I give my consent for electronic signature. I do. I do also. And I do also. I do as well. Thank you very much. Moving on, we have our minutes from April 20th, 2021 from the trustee meeting. Is there a motion as to, motion to approve? Is there, there a second? Is a second. All right, we have a motion and a second. Any discussion? Hearing none, Mr. Porter, will you call the roll, please? Ms. Mr. LaBarbera? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weedman? Aye. All right, next we had two public hearings, uh, which began at 5.30 p.m. in advance of this meeting on two different zoning cases. Um, I believe we have uh, 
resolutions uh, concerning those. Mr. Miller, will you tell us what we have there, please? Yes, sir. I'm gonna initiate a screen share. <clears throat> Bear with me for a moment. Is that screen share live yet? No. No, it's not. Okay. Oh. There we go. It's starting to show it on my side. There we uh, go. There we go. Okay. So uh, what I have in front of you is from our first case. Uh, this is zoning commission case number. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Actually, that's the wrong one. Uh, what I'm pulling up for you is case number 2021-02MA. Uh, this, this applicant was uh, Kubler Mill Square LLC, and they were proposing a redevelopment, uh, um, an expansion of the uh, current Oaks of Kenwood multifamily development apartment complex. So as it, as it stands right now, um, I do have uh, both an approval and denial uh, resolution ready for you. Um, you know, this case has uh, was in front of a zoning commission twice, and uh, and they were able to address some of the concerns that the zoning commission initially had. Uh, ultimately, it was denied by zoning commission uh, by a slim margin, uh, but that was that was based on a density requirement that the trustees have the authority to uh, to allow as an SPUD. Uh, so currently, this resolution for approval, uh, although it can accommodate. Uh, conditions uh, is currently does not have any conditions. Uh, staff did recommend approval for this and we can have a discussion or I can read resolution for you. Uh, why don't you read the approval resolution and we'll see if there's a motion to approve. Okay. Uh, a resolution approving a major adjustment to a planned unit development for the Kugler Mill Square LLC located at uh, 8495 Voorhees Lane and dispensing with second reading. Motion to approve. Uh, Mr. LaBarbera was first there, I think, possibly due to delay. So second from Mr. Whedon. Uh, any discussion from the trustees as to this or comments? Yeah, I, I, uh, I think this is a great improvement to the property. Um, they have addressed all of the, uh, all of the things that, that uh, we've asked them to address. They've got the dark sky compliant lighting with LED facing uh, into the project instead of away so there's no spillage at the uh, at the um, uh, border the, uh, uh, the the sewer smell they believe they can uh, they can uh, uh, get rid of uh, with the improvements they're going to do for in both water and sewage um, the six foot high fence on the north and west side is going to uh, keep uh, keep uh, the uh, the property from being seen by uh, the uh, contiguous residents, and um, uh, the uh, the schools approved the pro uh, project as well. So, um, uh, and, and I think the with their dry detention, I think they're going to be able to uh, uh, <coughs> better accommodate the the current uh, water runoff. And so, uh, for all those reasons, I would support this project. I'll chime in with my support. I think they went above and beyond uh, the lighting. They've taken care of that. Uh, 
outstanding uh, with the photometrics and um, also the stormwater detention, uh, dry pond, the landscaping above and beyond what we what we've asked for. And uh, Jay Phillips from Deer Park Schools are happy and that'll be a great upgrade, uh, certainly a nice upgrade to the infrastructure for Sycamore Township in that location. And I agree with that as well. I don't really uh, want to repeat what my fellow trustees have said. So I think they've covered the concerns I had with it and the things I'm happy to see in it. And I'm quite happy to see that the schools are on board also and seemed a little enthusiastic about the uh, prospect of bringing in some new people into their school system too. So um, I'm in favor as well. All right. so. uh, before there's before there's a vote on this, uh, assuming there are no conditions, section two will be deleted and the subsequent sections will be renumbered. That's the only modification to this to this resolution. Okay. Very good. Okay. Or do we just change the exhibit to say none as <laughs> to the whichever I'll, I'll, I'll do it yeah. either way. All right. All right. Is uh, very good. We have a motion and we have a second. Uh, Mr. Desai, any further concerns as to how to handle the deletion of that section? Probably should amend well, the motion. Yeah, I was going to say, let's amend the motion. Why don't, why don't you just withdraw the motion, Mr. LaBarbera, and then let's have a new motion to approve the resolution with section two deleted. Okay. A motion to uh, approve a new. Well, withdraw, withdraw your first motion. Let's withdraw the first motion. Second motion will be to take out. Uh, Actually, just pause a moment here. Mr. Miller is editing on the fly, and the motion, the resolution will no longer have a section two by the time you're finished speaking. So let's take a moment. Well, but but he the the original motion was made with uh, with that section in there. So no, I, I I understand he was moving to do it with section two deleted, oh. and it is now deleted already in the I one can, that Mr. Miller's presenting. I apologize. I can go back. I was just. You uh, wanna... If you've already edited it, let's go with the edited one. That's cleaner. Okay, it'll be. It's done. All you right, you need to delete Exhibit A also, then, right? Okay. All right. Could you present this resolution, please? Yes, sir. All right. Mr. James, I still think yes. we need to. We we've got a pending motion on the floor that was seconded. I still think we need to withdraw that motion. Okay, and I, and I thought we had done that already. But. I, and I, I will second the withdrawal. Yeah. All right. Do we need to vote on that, Mr. Desai, as to withdrawing it? Thank you. Was that a no? I'm trying to get the Zoom thing smaller so that I can have that thing on the screen. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll reread this. This is a resolution approving a major I adjustment. Did. To a but plan when I went to Zoom, it all got I'm sorry. Uh, someone has their microphone unmuted. Barbara, I think that's you. If you would please mute. Thank you. Okay, Mr. Miller, go ahead again. Uh, a resolution approving a major adjustment to a planned unit development for the Coogler Mill Square LLC located at 8495 Voorhees Lane and dispensing with a second reading. Motion. Second. All right, any further discussion this time, everyone? Hearing none, Mr. Porter, will you call the roll, please? Mr. LaBarbera? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weedman? Aye. All right. Okay, now we have the other case. Yes, sir. All right, uh, so the next case uh, was or is um, case number 2021-04 uh, LASR. Uh, this is a, a laser, a localized area sign regulation, um, which is a modification uh, to the existing uh, redstone laser. 
at 7755 Montgomery Road. Uh, this is a, uh, a reconfiguration of sorts of the, of the, uh, the building facade signage. Uh, we are deleting the language that allows for uh, first level uh, retail style signage that's it's not there currently, but it is allowed for. Uh, and we are changing that uh, to allow for a maximum of five building signs, one anchor, so including one anchor sign at 100 square feet and four subordinate uh, tenant signs at 50 square feet each. Um, I've modified based on comments from the uh, trustees during the last meeting. Uh, I've, in, I've modified and included uh, these conditions um, into exhibit A. So uh, the conditions would be a maximum of five building signs near the top facade of the building, not to exceed one center anchor sign, 100 square feet, and four additional tenant signs, 50 square feet each, shall be permitted as indicated by submitted plans of case 20, excuse me, 2021-04 LASR. So the reason that I said as indicated is because there was concern about, about placement uh, possibly on the sides or, or moving them. So uh, that location would be locked in as indicated on their plans. Item two, a tenant shall have no more than one sign location on the building facade. Uh, that was a comment from uh, Trustee LaBarbera. Item three, no sign shall be permitted on the rear of the building or side facades. Uh, this is a, uh, a little redundant based on, based on the comments from one, uh, but it, it does protect the, um, the residential uh, properties um, <clears throat> that, are, that are adjacent. Item four, uh, the site ground sign shall not exceed 64 square feet in sign surface area, shall not exceed nine feet in overall height, including the base and shall have a base that is constructed of brick or stone to match the principal building. Uh, this is a holdover from the, uh, the 2009 laser uh, that is in effect and that sign's already being used. Item five, approval of 2021-04 LASR supersedes 2009-8 LASR. Uh, so we are, we are accepting a new laser on the site. And six, any sign affixed to the building at the time of this approval in excess of 50 square feet shall be permitted to remain for the duration of the current tenancy and any renewal by the same tenant. Uh, this is because there is a, um, a currently legal sign on the, on the building that is two square feet over. And we're making an allowance for that. Okay. And unless there's any recommendations to, to change this, I'll go ahead and read the resolution. Please do. Okay. All right. A resolution approving a major adjustment to an approved localized area sign regulation plan located in the Kenwood Special Public Interest District and dispensing with a second. Motion to approve. Second. All right. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion from my fellow trustees as to this? Yeah. I, I'd like to just add that, you know, in this time of COVID, we really need to be able to, uh, to focus in on helping out our business partners in the community. Um, I don't believe this request is onerous. I think they've made fair trade-off between the, uh, the, the additional signs at the top and uh, giving up the six on the first floor. And so um, uh, I think this is, a, this is a good thing for, uh, for not just them, but for the township as well. They currently have 20% vacancy there and you know, we, all, we need to make sure that they have the ability to, uh, to fill, backfill that space. So uh, I'm, I'm totally for this. 
Mr. LaBarbera. I'm, I'm for this also. And, and I am as well. It's an excellent trade-off to remove the option of the retail signage at the bottom of the building for the two extra signs at the top. I think it's tastefully presented. Uh, we've got good people running the building and good people in the building, and we'd like more people in the building. And so if we can help one of our businesses here do that, I think that's a good thing. So very good. Any further discussion or questions from anyone? All right, Mr. Porter, would you call the roll list of the resolution, please? Mr. LaBarbera? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weedman? Aye. All right. Thank you, Mr. Miller, for those things. Uh, we move on now to public comments in our meeting. Has anybody signed up to do that? Uh, I believe we have a uh, Mr. Standish Fortin. All right. Mr. Fortin. Yes. Can everybody hear me? We can. And you're welcome to turn your video on to speak if you like. Um, I've got too many things going on for me to try and do that as well. Okay, so do the time constraint. First, I did want to follow up and I never... We have the timer, by the way, sorry. I never received any response to my previous query with regard to the Safe Routes to School plan um, for the Stewart Elementary that showed uh, a road in Sycamore Township having a sidewalk. Hopefully somebody could respond to me on that, um, as apparently uh, there has been discussion, but I've never heard about it. Um, I did want to share two emails that I received from neighbors um, with regard to the Red, White and Boom's 4th of July event. Uh, our family loved the fireworks show put on in 2020. As a lifelong resident of Sycamore Township, I was excited to see an event like this in northern Sycamore Township since moving from the Kenwood area a year and a half ago. It is hard to find a fireworks venue where you don't have to fight traffic for an hour before and after the event, which is a nice bonus, especially with kids. We really hope the township plans to continue the fireworks display again in 2021. Sincerely, Chris Volman, 6830 Lewis Clark Trail. Standish, it was a pleasure speaking with you recently about the possibility of an Independence Day event in our township at McDaniels Park. It was such a pleasure to enjoy what you did last year. And as note, it was not just myself. There was a large team that put on that event. It was such a pleasure to enjoy what you did last year. Even though Blue Ash is apparently doing fireworks this year, our family's experience last year was so enjoyable and convenient. I have no desire to ever attend fireworks again in Blue Ash for Independence Day. Living in Sterling Run Farm, I firmly believe my family and nearly 100 other families in our neighborhood would greatly appreciate the chance to stay close to our community with our friends and neighbors and enjoy a full day and evening together in McDaniels Park, Park celebrating our Independence Day. Thanks again, Standish, Dean Kuroff. Thank you for your time, gentlemen. Thanks, Standish. All right, who do we have next? Okay. Uh, hey, actually, let, let me just ask, because he had asked about this before, the safe routes to schools thing. Does anybody have any input on that? Well, I had mentioned in the last meeting, no. uh, which I mentioned uh, last year also, that there is, Sharonville has put together a safe route to school. There is no funding for that yet. Mm -hmm. So, uh, in fact, I met, I was with Sharonville earlier this week, 
that is nowhere in the forefront. I mean, they've applied, but mm. it doesn't look like they're going to get it this time. So we're talking a number of years. Uh, that is uh, to get kids to and from the elementary school there. So they do have plans for it to be on uh, Conray and uh, through the roundabout also. Mm -hmm. So and I, I will have more about sidewalks in my report later on, but they, they do have that. They, have, they did come to us, we met with them, we gave them our support. And with the school being in their district, they were the ones that wanted to run with it. So okay, thank they you. are pursuing. Very good, thanks for the info. Mm -hmm. All right, next we have. Okay. Uh, we have Mr. John Abraham. All right, John, you're welcome to turn your video back on um, and proceed. Uh, I think it is working now. There we go. Um, I would like to thank the township maintenance crew for picking up my maple tree limbs that got ripped down during the recent snowfall. I guess, Tracy, kudos to you guys. Um, I'm also looking forward to the results of the street surf resurfacing taking place. On a more important topic, someone needs to mention the recent inquiry article about my township trustees. Some pretty serious issues and accusations, in my opinion. I want to comment on the article. In these situations, it's always interesting to see who's credible and or telling the truth. Also, it's always telling to see who is withholding information. Writing a fake email with a Gmail account and someone else's identity is rather scurrilous. The developer and his attorneys admitted he did this. Additionally, he had a lot to gain if the property was sold undervalued and not for a purpose originally intended as purchased by the township. I would also believe the auditor's office to be credible in its extensive in investigation and findings. So now there are opposing lawsuits and the outcome could bring forth additional information. But I was curious when I read developer Hildebrandt asked to have coffee with the newly installed trustee James. After all, he could have approached trustee LaBarbera in 2019. Then after coffee, trustee James apparently brings the topic to the attention of the authorities. I have government documents listing the donors to trustee James 2019 campaign. This developer Hildebrandt, the same mentioned in this article, inquiry article, appears to have made a substantial donation of $3,895 to the James election effort. Now it seems everyone in the township management is entertaining lawsuit efforts, including the township administrator, who recently sued 38 taxpayers, many of whom, including me, are senior citizens who complained about how this township was handling its affairs. Thank you. Township authorities filing lawsuits against their complaining citizens is another scurrilous act. Gentlemen, we need to clean it up. Thank you. Thanks, John. Who do we have next? Uh, we did have uh, Mr. Kirk uh, Copenhofer. He was the uh, he was the applicant from um, uh, the Coogler Mill. Mm -hmm. I, I think there was just some confusion on it. He's okay. not. I don't believe he's on this call. But okay. For the record, he he did request. Okay. Yeah, but he's not here. So I think we're good. All right. Uh, Barbara, we've heard you a few times. Did you plan to make public remarks? I'll take that as a no, hearing nothing. Okay. So no more public comments. Going once, going twice, moving on. All right. Uh, Sheriff Patrol report then. We have Sergeant Sovereign today. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, sir. How are you? Doing fine. What have you got for us? 
Uh, I don't have anything new to report from the sheriff's office. I know there were some parking complaints that were brought forward this over this past week. Uh, we're addressing those. Uh, at least one of those vehicles appears to be um, parked on private property. One of the other vehicles, uh, one of the unfortunate side effects of the COVID, depending on how you look at it, is that the uh, Bureau of Motor Vehicles has given an extension on license plate expirations. So from March of last year through April, end of April this year, uh, those vehicles expired license plates have until July to be re-registered. So anything that will be taken as an expired tag as parked on the street is not necessarily so. Uh, other than that, I haven't anything new to report. Right. Any questions for Sergeant yes, Sovereign? Sergeant, thank uh, Lieutenant Tar for me. I, I know we had a resident uh, complained about those cars in Dillonvale, and uh, he explained everything to me, and I know uh, made contact with the residents. So I thank you for the follow-up. I surely will. Anything from anyone else? All right. Thanks for being here. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, moving on then, do we have Chief Penny? Available here or someone Jerry Cooper on? Here he is. Oh, hey Jerry. All right. I mean, I'm I'm filling in for Chief Penny tonight. Uh, I'll keep it short. Um since the last meeting, we've had three additional COVID cases. Um and then we also had all of our homebound residents um given their vaccines. Uh, I think we had about nine, and then we had some leftover uh vaccines because of the J&J &J, um, issue. And when that got re-released, we actually uh, reached out and we had some uh, residents, I believe in Deer Park and or Silverton that that we went to and, and um, issued them their uh, vaccine. So uh, that's all we have unless you have any questions. Anybody have any questions for Jerry here? All right. No questions. Thank you very much. Thanks for popping in. All right. Uh, moving on to roads, maintenance, and recreation. Let me ask first, though, we, we are having a, a meeting here that's a hybrid on Zoom and in person. And Mr. Warwick, I just saw someone walking in front of the building. I don't know if someone was trying to get in, if the door is locked. But, yeah, or Mr. Miller will check then. Thank you. All right. Uh, Tracy, you're up. What have you got? I'll let Jason go first with the parks recreation report. All right, so we have <clears throat> the first thing that I, I don't know if um, when Skyler comes back, he'll probably be able to put the documents up. But the um, the Parks Advisory Committee met last Monday, and we uh, concluded our mission statement. I believe that's actually the the first document up. Yep. Go ahead and keep talking. It's it's going to take a few oh, minutes. It's going to take a few minutes. So yeah. I, if uh, if you guys had the chance to look at it, I just wanted to see if you guys were uh, in acceptance of that. If everything was okay with that, and then we can uh, we'll probably put it on the website underneath the parks committee advisory committee. Yeah, that looks fine to me. And uh, after that, I had the, uh, we also discussed movies in the park. Um, I know Jay Janice did a lot of work on getting, uh, you know, a lot of information together and did a really good job of getting us um, set up with uh, two companies, Fun Flicks, that is going to put the movie on and then also Criterion <laughs> that we get the license from uh, to do the movie. And we do have a date scheduled for June uh, 19th for nine o'clock to do a movie at Bechtold Park. 
and mm -hmm. I will have um, more information. I have uh, did speak with the company FunFlix to secure dates through the rest of the summer. At Bechtold Park, we have uh, 619, which is the first one, and then 724, 821, 918, McDaniel uh, for 710, 87, and 94. And those were just to secure the dates themselves. So we don't actually have movies set up for all of those, but it was just in case it does go over well and we want to continue to do it, we have those dates locked down with FunFlix. Excellent. So uh, the other thing is the park survey is final. It's concluded. We've got all the signs taken up from, from around the township and uh, we'll be going through uh, all of the responses that we had, uh, the, the committee went over a lot of the responses that we had last week already from the, the majority of the beginning, but we, uh, we're going to go through and get, get all the uh, data from the entire survey. So that survey is done. Um, uh, the other thing that I have is NKO yoga and deer park has agreed to do yoga in the parks for Saturday. So they'll be doing yoga in the park Saturday at McDaniel Sports Complex at 11 a.m. Uh, the only thing that they do request is they'll have different instructors probably throughout the entire time. And I had planned on just running the rest of the summer, uh, the same as the, you know, Bechtold yoga. And they do ask for uh, $20 per session from the township. So I wanted to get your approval on that. And if we... Uh, if we were able to approve that, I would also like to give $20 a session to the person that's doing it at Bechtold, since she was doing it voluntary. If we're going to pay somebody else, I'd like to make sure that she's getting paid for it as well. Yeah, I, I think that's an excellent idea. Is that something we need to vote on as the no, board? Or? Okay. Okay. So, Tom, do you have any objections to that, though? I have no objections. Uh, okay. Mr. James? Yes, Mr. Desai, would you like us to vote on that? Well, so we're paying them as an employee. So workers' comp issues, unemployment issues come in. I mean, well, what is the payment for? So the payment would be for the instructor to come and do the class. It'd be a 1099. Yeah. Independent so contractor we, relationship. Yeah. Okay. Are we going to have some kind of agreement with them indicating that it's a 1099? Yeah, she she will be sending a contract. So I did just speak with her today on the phone. So I didn't have the actual contract. I just wanted to make sure that I gave the information um, and plan to have everything in place by the end of May. But she'll have a contract. And then she also has everybody that wants to participate. They can either go online at uh, NKO Yoga and sign a waiver. And she'll also have waivers there in person for people to sign. Okay, well, that's you anticipated my second question. I appreciate that. On the agreement, um, you know, I'd like to see some things in there where, you know, they're taking responsibility for any tax liability, uh, those type of things. Would you mind sending that over for me to take a look at when she provides it? Definitely. Okay, thank you. Yep. All right. At $20, that's basically gas fare. You know, yeah, 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 it was, definitely seems like a fair price. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then the other thing that we had was concerts in the park. I know that that was another thing we had talked about um, in the last advisory committee meeting is this, the, those were a few things that were um, that did really well on the survey. So concerts in the park was, was one of the higher things. Um, we were looking at different uh, different scenarios for stages. I think we're still trying to, you know, kind of find out which one would be best to suit what we want to do. Um, 
one of the parks advisory committee members is working on uh, contacting some local uh, groups and getting information. And she's had, you know, um, Lisa Hodge has already contacted quite a few groups and got information from them. So uh, I, I would like to, if we can, try to schedule those on the opposite weeks from the movies. So, you know, one week we're doing a movie at Beck Told, the next week we're doing a concert and then vice versa. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> it would seem to work out pretty well. Um, the only thing, and I do have in here, um, I don't know, if there, there are some quotes that I got from different stage companies for, uh, for them to come and uh, set up a stage. Some, you know, they're, they're ranging in different prices. Most of the companies, um, they, they rent them by the four by eight piece and you can set the stage up for as large or small as you'd like. Uh, but I'm also looking into the possibility of just purchasing a stage for us to have and use, you know, as, as often as we would need. And we're talking about local bands yep. that are inexpensive, not people using Jefferson Starship's name and charging lots of money, things like yes, that. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> the majority of the groups that she's contacted so far were in the range between $500 and $1,000. Okay. And then she had one in there that was $2,500, but it was more so just to give us a, uh, you know, something to, to look at as far as a larger band, what the cost might be, even for a local, mm -hmm. for a local act at a larger group. Uh, other than that, I do have the, uh, unless you guys have any more. Yeah, any? One, one thing we're talking about is if we, Tracy, you, you and I were kicking around, you can go to a shelter, one of our shelters and put the band in the shelter and then and that takes care of it instead of a, a stage. Yeah. Yeah. I think we can start with that right away rather than trying to wait and purchase a, yeah. a stage. We, we can, we can start with that right away with uh, yeah. one of the more, with the inexpensive bands. A local band, put them in the, uh, put them right on the uh, shelter and and go for it. That's a good inexpensive way to start, and we can gauge attendance that yes. way too, mm -hmm. and see what to expect. But yeah, this is a, a great way though to get people out in the parks where it's good to be outside in the air. You and I have talked about this yes. a lot about movies and the bands, and I'm enthusiastic yeah. about this. Mm -hmm. I, I just for the public's reference, I came and spoke to the parks committee last week. Was it I guess at their meeting yeah. to encourage them to come up with ideas that are inexpensive but that can get people in the parks to enjoy themselves and have some nice family activities. And I appreciate all the work you're doing on that, Jason. Uh, you, you gave a shout out to Jay Janus. I'll do that too. I mentioned the movie in the park idea to him and he spent days working the phones, trying mm -hmm. to find uh, places that would rent screens and movies and so forth. So it's great to have a member of the public and a parks committee meeting, helping out with that too, to help yeah. make our lives much easier to make this happen. Definitely. Yeah. And, and I've, I've given you some movie suggestions. I think Princess Bride would be a great one to start with. Paddington and Paddington 2 are great wholesome family okay. movies that adults like too. So I'll throw that yeah. out there. Yeah, that's, so, that's what we have. Yeah, right. <laughs> Those are great movies. Yeah. But so we do. We, do we have, can also advertise these too. We're going to do it the same way we do yoga. Yeah. You know, put signs around, say, see our website. Don't put names of the movies or the bands on it. Mm -hmm. We can have all the information on the website and just mm -hmm. direct everybody with the signs mm -hmm. to the website for the information. <laughs> I'm also working on an ice cream truck for at least one of these events. I'll talk with you about that later. Yeah, I think Jason's been working on uh, Kona Ice also. Oh, yeah. good. Okay. Either one. I'm, I'm sure they would all love to come. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so the, as far as the concerts go, though, I think uh, Jason should go ahead and proceed with that. 
Yeah, especially with the shelters, if we can do that, let's yeah, get that moving. We can coordinate that with the shelter opening because mm-hmm. uh, we're talking six, $800 for some of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think we could go ahead and, uh, and let him book those before we lose out on everybody. What yeah. kind of staffing will we need for any of these? I'm, I'm thinking minimal, but yeah, somebody's... Yeah, I was thinking minimal. I was yeah. thinking one person. Yeah. Yeah. Just so in case I, there's a problem with the bathroom, problem with electricity, anything like that. Yeah. I had planned on at least coming to the first couple of each of these events, go to the first couple concerts, go to the first couple movies, and mm-hmm. kind of kind of get a gauge mm-hmm. as to how many people mm-hmm. I would think we would need to stay. But I think probably one would be sufficient, mm-hmm. I would think. But is there a date? Are we looking at a date for that to start the music? So I don't I don't have a date yet for any yeah, of the music. Know, know, like but yeah, because I wanted I wanted to get your guys' opinion before we made it put a date down. So uh, the other thing that I have is the permit that Mr. Fortin submitted for the Red, White, and Booms event. So it would be renting the park from uh, Friday the 2nd, Saturday the 3rd, and Sunday the 4th. I believe you guys all have this in your packet. Um, this would be uh, pretty much, in my opinion, letting you guys, you know, if you, this would be whether or not you're going to approve the event. Is voting on this permit, I think, tonight. Okay, so the request as to this then is to use the park for those days. Is that conflicting with any existing uses? We're not bumping anybody by doing that, are we? I do have a soccer organization that was on uh, both soccer fields on Saturday, but I have let them know that there was a possibility that we were going to have an event, but there is a soccer organization on both soccer fields on that Saturday. Now, last year, I do believe that the township charged Mr. Fortin for all of the fields for the entire weekend. The way that he has this permit written up, it would only be for those specific times. So I don't know how you guys want to, if you guys would ask me to change that, to go back and ask him to amend the permit to to where it's the entire park for the entire weekend, or if you want to proceed with just the times. Well, I guess the question Can then, the park be used? Right. Is it going to be walled off from anybody else to use during the times? So a lot, of, yeah, a lot of the baseball fields, I believe, baseball field number uh, two and three would have to be uh, roped off. And the soccer field would have to be depending on depending on what you're going to allow him to put up. So I don't, that was the other thing too. I, I was kind of uh, hoping that he had a presentation of what all he had planned on putting at the, the uh, park itself. If he was going to have a tent the same as he did last year, what he was going to, I would kind of prefer that he gave his Yeah, is he plan. prepared to do that tonight? I, I do not. I'm going to make a suggestion. Yeah. Um, why don't we see if Standish will come over and sit down with uh, you and Tracy and I and let's try to package something up, and even if it has some either ors, and bring back to the board. Okay. I think that would be smoother and faster. Okay. I agree. Makes sense. Yeah. 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 Okay. So I believe that uh, that that is all I had. If you guys don't have any questions. So we have a concession stand. We went that afternoon. Did you give that to him? Or how does that work? 
But let us get let us get together with him and see what we're going to do. Yeah, I know there was a concern last year about health department certification right. for the stand anyway. And, yeah. So, um, but yeah, you guys work that out. They come to us with a proposal. We'll see um, what makes sense. I know he wants to get things planned a little earlier than last year. We don't have all the health restrictions that were in place last year. We don't have the concerns that it's the only game in town because Blue Ash is still doing their fireworks. So yeah. congestion shouldn't be as big of a problem. So yeah, if it can happen, great. So, okay. Tom, did you have any thoughts on any of this that, or do you want them to meet first and see what the plan might be and then we consider it? Yeah, um, you probably all know my position on this. Um, <clears throat> last year when we agreed to allow Mr. Fortin to rent the, prop, uh, rent the uh, park, uh, we gave him a number of, of, of uh, conditions that uh, we wanted him to follow and he pretty much broke every one of them. And so, I mean, I'm looking here at the, not one, but three different mailers I got to my home. I had people in Sims Township calling me, asking me, I got this flyer in the mail about fireworks, what's going on? And we had, had specifically told him this was a private party, do not advertise it. And he's out advertising it to everybody. So I, 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 I you guys all know me by now, I never reward people for, uh, for, for breaking the rules and I wouldn't I wouldn't agree to do that this time either so um, I'm opposed to uh, to renting the park and uh, Mr. LaBarber even had suggested at the last meeting that um, uh, you know that Blue Ash was having theirs already and why would we want any kind of competition with them uh, they they acquiesced when we uh, when we both had our uh, our car show on the same day and I would agree with Mr. LaBarber on that so I'm, I'm uh, generally speaking I'm just opposed to I, I opposed to rewarding somebody who doesn't follow the rules. All right, so we'll have some presentation later after all of you meet. Uh, anything else from Parks? Then? I think that's all of it. Thanks for all you're doing and the time you're spending on this. You're welcome. We, we appreciate it. Yeah. Um, Tracy, anything going on in your department? Just a little bit. <laughs> okay, what do we got? So uh, first, I believe in your package, you saw a proposal from Carpenter Marty. Uh, I have a resolution for this tonight. If you remember, we put out an RFQ for uh, engineering for the uh, Culvert, Dillonville Culvert project, and uh, Carpenter Marty was selected. You uh, gave me authorization to proceed with getting a price from them, and this is the price, uh, $48,600. When you take out the surveying, which is always extra, this is about 8% of construction costs, which is extremely reasonable and low in today's market. So uh, I'd like to read a resolution here. All right. It's a resolution authorizing a contract with Carpenter Marty Transportation Incorporated for engineering services and dispensing with the second reading. Is there a motion? All right. Is there a second? There is a second. Any discussion? All right, Mr. Porter, will you call the roll on this? Mr. LaBarber? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weedman? Aye. Okay, next in your packets, uh, I put some information about Montgomery Road crosswalks in there. If you remember, I came to you several months ago and told you that ODOT was repaving Montgomery Road to Township from Stewart Road all the way to Galbraith Road. There are some intersections that we do have brick, uh, decorative brick walks in already. 
they are not going to replace any of them. They're just going right through them. They, all they'll put down is white lines. Uh, so I, I put these together. The, the numbers that I have there, uh, the total number, I, I, in fact, I had to go back and look at them because I got a call that they went through some of our existing ones on Galworth. So I went down and with no communication loss at all, uh, they proceeded to tear out all the curb and all the handicap ramps that we just did at Montgomery and Galbraith, Montgomery and Hosbrook, Montgomery and Kenwood. These are four or five years old, brand new. They also tore out the one in front of Staggy's building that he just poured earlier this year. So why? That's a good question. So, I saw that work going on too. Yeah, yeah I wondered what are they all doing? brand new. I mean, it was we we put a lot of money into that corridor, and they just came in and cut them all out. Unbeknownst to us, with no communication to us, and in doing so, they've cut through all the crosswalks. Also, yeah. So who did this? ODOT. It's their road, so yeah. they can basically do whatever they want. But some communication would have been nice. Uh, so it is actually added to it to what I do. So, uh, with that being said. I gave you a list of all the Montgomery Road crosswalks in the area that's going to be repaved. I had to add Galbraith to that. So it's approximately $182,000 to do them all. Uh, and there's a couple of different scenarios. If you don't want to do some of the side streets, if we do all of the ones just on Montgomery along with Kenwood, Galbraith, and Hosbrook, it's about 150. If we just do Montgomery, Kenwood, Galbraith, and Hosbrook in the business district and nothing uh, on the uh, west end of Kenwood, then it's 125. Tracy? This is TIF eligible. Yes, sir. It, it, you, know, you just answered my question. This is TIF eligible, correct? Yes. So, so we can use TIF funds on, uh, even if we go to the 180? Yes. That's okay. what we use TIF funds when we installed them originally. That's what we're. That's what the TIF funds are for. So, for the entirety of the list. Yes. Uh, okay. Yes. What's the durability of these things? Then they're not actually brick, of course. How well have they actually been holding up? Uh, they, they've held up pretty well. Uh, you put a white band on each side of those. Now that white band is to protect the brick pattern. So when the snow plows hit it, you start seeing the white band peel away you can replace the white band mm -hmm. so the plows don't get into the brick. So uh, as long as they're not plowed up or build up, they'll last for years. And we've, uh, we've had good luck with them. Uh, I think they really helped the crosswalk stick out for safety. Mm -hmm. All right, do we need a motion to approve? I would just like a motion to advertise. Yeah, I'll make a motion to advertise for the uh, Montgomery Road crosswalks uh, thermal brick patterns. Yeah, because these the white lines are on the state bid, but the patterns are not. Okay. So with this price, we'll have to go out for for a bid. Okay, we have a motion. Is there a second? And there, there is a second. All right. Any further discussion <coughs> to this? All right, Mr. Porter, we call the roll. Mr. LaBarbera? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weedman? Hi. Okay, next, uh, talk about Kugler Mill. Uh, 
water main on the whole project is done. We're still working on storm lines that is west of Kenwood. They got about two more weeks of storm work to do as long as the weather holds up and then they'll be starting on uh, curb and sidewalk. And uh, following that, they will be doing the full depth reclamation on that end before moving on east. So uh, if the weather holds up, these guys are, are really uh, moving quick. So it, it's nice to see. Also, the uh, 2021 road program uh, is going on. As you uh, remember, with the size of our program, we were a little worried about being able to get the whole thing done this year because of uh, with the 25% of the, the TIFs, it had to be completed this year. Well, uh, Jurgensen is a contractor and they've come in gangbusters. Uh, they've already been in Pine Cove, Trowbridge, Macaulay, uh, Concord Hills, Heitmeyer, Happy Acres, and the, the area over Styrax Spirea. So they are moving quickly. Uh, they, they're just getting ready. They are milling Heitmeyer right now. Uh, so they've done the curb work in those other areas. And uh, they will be, they're doing, they're starting full depth repair right now. And the week of May 9th is when they're coming in with the inner layer and then soon to follow, they'll be paving. So uh, this, this part of the project will be done. Uh, the only thing that will be left after that, we have a lot of streets in Dillonvale that they haven't gotten to yet. So uh, they, it's, it's nice to see they're, they're really being aggressive and there'll be no problem for them finishing this project this year. Great. We have our compost giveaway Saturday, May 8th, this coming Saturday, which is always a popular event with the, with the citizens. Uh, our trash bash was very successful. Uh, we're back told very busy. Another very popular service that we provide. People really love that service. And a very so, wet day for our workers. It was so a very wet day. Thanks to them for yeah. sticking that out and yeah. doing that. <laughs> and then, as you know, we had our Larchview Plainfield open house last week. Uh, um, almost all positive. Uh, we only got one comment that said, uh, Plainfield Road should be four lanes of traffic and nobody parked on. So every other comment that we got was, we're looking forward to this slowing traffic down. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're appreciative of the project. And everybody on Larchview that came is very happy. Obviously, Larchview's in very bad shape. So uh, we've already had meetings with the uh, utility companies. Uh, Phase A plans have been done. The engineers are working on phase B now. So we're moving forward with that. As you know, that's a uh, skip project and that will be uh, for next year's construction. We're hoping for water mains to complete this winter. Uh, as I mentioned before, uh, Field Zertle, I just had a meeting with the county engineers and the two engineering firms that are designing the Macaulay intersection and the Conray intersection. We're looking to install sidewalks where possible. Uh, we also, Sharonville was in this meeting also due to logistics and uh, where the roundabout is along with the grades of the uh, yards. We're looking at, right now, we're looking to put sidewalk on the north side of 
field journal in the whole area of the project, extend them up Macaulay as far as we can towards uh, Macaulay's Pub up that way, and also through the roundabout, a crosswalk at the roundabout, and up Conray through the project. Uh, so hopefully they'll be, uh, Sharonville will be successful with that uh, safe routes to school, and we can connect these all together. So it was a good meeting. Everybody was really in uh, in favor of doing what we could with the sidewalks in the area. Excellent. Enjoyed uh, watching uh, Danny and Ernie on Saturday with the chipper. The chipper. It's outstanding. <laughs> Huge truck comes in in 30 seconds. It's gone. Take long. Yeah. It's gone. It yeah. Great job. That's, that's, Great job. That's popular every month. <clears throat> every month. That's all I have, unless you have questions, which I'm sure you do. Hmm. <laughs> Let me think. Well, one, one question I had I had emailed you and Steve Verbal Show for about this a while back, and Steve may be working on this. There are grant possibilities available out of this issue seven money from the new sales tax in the county. And our this part of the township that we're sitting in, at least, is potentially eligible for some of that because we're close enough to bus routes for mm -hmm. it. Um, any thoughts or comments about that? Yeah, we're actually looking at putting a grant together to put sidewalks on Montgomery Road um, uh, from Stewart up to basically Ken Arbor, where they mm -hmm. stop, uh, which is a bus route. Yeah, and uh, we don't we do not have side, which is another area where I talked to ODOT over a year ago about I would like to incorporate sidewalks into their project mm -hmm. that they've got going on right now. And they said, we're not interested in that. You'll just have to have your own project. It's like, okay, thanks for being cooperative. Yeah. <laughs> so that that's the one area that we're really looking at. Mm -hmm. uh, we're, we're going to continue to look at others, but that's, that's one that we think will rate well. Mm -hmm. Very good. All right. Any other questions for Tracy from anyone? Tom, Jim? No. Thanks a lot. All right, uh, let's move on to planning and zoning. Got anything else for us? Uh, I do, but I'm gonna try to make it brief. Uh, the, the first item I have is actually a, uh, a non-planning and zoning issue. Let's see here. Um, so uh, we have a, uh, we, we currently have a, a, uh, an annual service agreement with um, our managed service provider, our IT support group, uh, Velicor, and uh, <clears throat> we are uh, we are past that year mark, so we're we're looking to renew. Uh, give me one second; the screen share will come up. Is someone clearing the dinner table. There we go. Uh, so. Um, you know, in the in the last uh, year and a half, uh, approximately that I've been here, uh, I've, I've been working with Velocor, um, and uh, actually since Ray and I have been here, there's there's been a, quite a bit of hardware upgrades, um, uh, both both pre and and during the this this COVID pandemic, um, they have been uh, you know a great partner as far as helping us get uh, all of these. Um, the, the new equipment and software onboarded. Uh, we've we've upgraded software. Um, uh, 
server equipment, um, you know, PCs, laptops, uh, all of the Zoom room equipment, the, the equipment that we're using tonight. Um, you know, they've they've been a big support on that. Um, I, I think for the most part, um, you know, any um, any issues that we've had uh, with with the service has been addressed. Uh, there has been a change in um, in staffing uh, physically here, so um, you know some other issues have been alleviated. Uh, with with that being said, uh, Velcor is offering uh, two options for us. Uh, so there is, let me float to. Let's see here. So there is the uh, the flat rate cost for total backup. This is here at the bottom. Uh, no matter what we do, uh, this this is a, a flat monthly fee. Uh, this is for our, our server and all of our data to be backed up, uh, both on site and remotely, uh, so that we have uh, we have data integrity. Uh, but they are also offering um, a, a one year and three year contract. Uh, with a three year, uh, you're looking at uh, approximately a $5,000 um, a year decrease in, in contract costs. Uh, but we are locked in for three years. So there's, uh, there's some out language though. Please. There's some out language if something wasn't yeah. working. Yeah. So if there's, uh, you know, if we have performance issues, uh, if, you know, uh, there's a, um, you know, you know, organizational change or, you know, uh, some, um, some fault of theirs, you know, we can, we can't exit that contract. Um, but uh, the, the resolution that I have in front of you tonight is actually for um, uh, a not to exceed amount that takes into account the one year uh, contract amount. If through direction by the trustees we do the three year, it's it's going to be the uh, it's going to be a reduction in that that total cost. There will be uh, another um, there will be another document uh, or possibly a resolution that that comes your way uh, for Office three sixty five that was included in in last year's um, uh, contract. It's simply a pass through. They're not collecting anything on that. We're paying Microsoft for the subscription uh, for for our, our you know the virtual mail server Office 365. So that'll be a flat rate fee that that you know will come to you later. I'd like to I'd like to uh, see that we have us go ahead and uh, make a commitment for three years. I think at five thousand dollars savings per year for the same service we're getting anyway makes a whole lot of sense to me. I think I disagree with that. I, I would very much like to have the saving and, and I understand that perspective, but in the IT world, a lot can change in a year, much less three years in terms of what's available, what services Microsoft is offering through Office 365 also is a consideration as to what we're getting versus what we're paying an outside vendor for because they're constantly adding to that. I don't know if it is worth doing the three-year commit right now as opposed to one year. I, I, I would certainly like to save the money, of course, if we could, but I think it might be prudent to do a year. Don't we pay them by the month? We don't do. We pay a monthly fee, and don't we don't we have the ability to get out of this contract? What are the, what's the wording on the on the out for the contract? 
you know, what you guys just described didn't sound like it was a very uh, easy out. There'd have to be a problem, basically, as opposed to finding someone better to switch to. If it is easy out, then I'm fine with the three-year, but if, if we're bound in, then I'm not. There's a 30-day language clause, Skylar. Yeah, 30 days. Well, let's see what it says, though. That's what I was trying to pull up. I know, right? I don't, of course, I don't have that in front of me. Uh, termination of agreement. Either party may terminate this agreement at any time uh, with or without cause by providing the other party 90 days advance written notice. Upon termination, customer agrees to pay uh, in full all monies due for services delivered through the effective date of termination. So it's basically 90 days. I mean, $5,000 yeah. a year, that, that looks pretty good to me. Yeah, I'll agree. If it's 90 days with uh, no cause at all to get out, then yeah. three years makes sense to me, too. Okay. Do you have a resolution for three years? Yeah, I was just going to ask if um, it's so not to exceed. It's, just use that resolution. It's not to exceed, but we will execute three years. Right. Yeah. So we'll do that by direction. So uh, for your consideration, I have a resolution authorizing a contract with Bellacore services for IT services and dispensing with the- Motion to approve. Is there a second? There is a second. All right, any further discussion? Mr. Porter, will you call the roll? Mr. LaBarbera? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weedman? Aye. Let me ask Mr. Desai, um, is this resolution sufficient for us to proceed with a three-year or should we vote to provide direction to the administrator also? Well, I think you want to you want to do a motion to authorize the execution of a three-year agreement. And then in, I'm just thinking out loud here, payment for the resolution in front of the township trustees would be sufficient because that's for this fiscal year. And then when we entertain our annual appropriation resolution for 2022 payment for the second year will be uh, presumably appropriated. Is, mm -hmm. is that correct, Mr. Work? It is indeed. Yeah. So I'm fine with the resolution as is, but if he's going to sign more than a one-year contract, I think there should be a motion by the trustees to authorize that. All right. Is I'll there a motion? motion to approve a three-year contract? Is there a second? A second. Any further discussion as to that? Mr. Porter, recall the roll. Mr. LaBarbera? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weedman? Aye. All right. Anything further, Mr. Miller? Uh, just, just some brief updates. Uh, May 10th, we do have a zoning commission. Uh, we have another laser that will be in front of uh, a zoning commission. As this is a standard PUD2, uh, I'll, have to, I'll have to double check the, uh, the SPI overlay. Um, this may not come to the trustees. Um, if, if it falls, I'm going to have to check the boundary. If it falls within that, uh, you'll be seeing it. So, uh, Skylar, is this the Chase building? Yeah, this is Kenwood Towers. Yes, sir. So, okay. 
Uh, other than that, I have um, just a just a very brief update on Reading Road, the Blue Tide properties. Uh, the fire and zoning violations have been sent uh, to the receiver. Uh, I believe uh, Mr. Desai has, has also reached out uh, to that receiver. Um, our zoning inspector, uh, Kevin Clark, uh, did just receive a voicemail from, from the receiver. Uh, they, they want to set up a meeting and uh, start talking about uh, you know, possible abatement remediation of the site. So uh, I'd like to, and, and uh, Deepak, I apologize for not having time to, to get back with you today, uh, but I'd like to get with you tomorrow and start talking about strategy and, and coordinating uh, before I make that call to the receiver. Yeah, that sounds good. Let's try to set something up for um, early next week. Okay, I'll uh, I will call the receiver and just just say that we're, um, you know, we've we got his message and and we'll schedule it. Okay. Uh, other than that, uh, we've, <laughs> we've had a little bit of a delay with the land use steering committee. Uh, just just volunteer scheduling conflicts. Uh, it looks like next week we're going to have um, we're going to have a couple days where everybody can meet. So um, I'm hoping tentatively it's May 10th that we'll have that meeting in the morning, uh, but uh, definitely sometime next week. Good. So we're moving forward. That's all I have. What about the uh, brushing up the zoning resolution? Also? That's that's actually all part of that package. Uh, we have. Uh, uh, I'll say the language for that is about 95% done. And it's, it's, it's in a, it's, it's in a draft format that'll go to land use steering committee too. Uh, the, the big thing that we want to do with, with these, these draft text amendments is make sure that, you know, while we're adopting these, they're in conformance with that future land use plan. So it makes sense for, for both documents to go sure. uh, first to land use steering committee for comments. Okay. Thanks. Yep. Any questions for Mr. Miller from anyone? <clears throat> All right. Thanks, Skyler. It's been a busy night for you. It has. So, all right. Uh, moving on. Law director report then. Mr. Desai, anything for us? You're muted. A couple of things this evening, Mr. Chair. Um, some updates on some uh, some cases. Uh, the Mueller-Willis-BZA appeal, <clears throat> um, they apparently have not been able to settle yet. Um, today, I'm sorry, yesterday, the appellant's brief, which is the uh, uh, neighbor, Miss Willis, her brief was due. Uh, she did file that. <clears throat> uh, Mueller's brief and our brief is due in about a month. Uh, so I'll begin preparing that with Ernest in the next week or so. Uh, still holding out hopes that they will be able to reach resolution, but they have now been in settlement talks for uh, over four months and have been unable to reach resolution. So um, my optimism is dimming. Um, any questions about that case? No, apparently not. Uh, the next update is on the House of Brow case. Um, nothing really new here other than I just wanted to remind uh, the board that uh, May 26, um, the court, Judge Alan Triggs, is going to hear all motions. Um, and um, presumably at the end of that hearing, I don't know if we'll get a ruling from the bench, but uh, the hopes are that uh, we will have resolution either um, at the end of the hearing or by, um, you know, a couple weeks after the court enters its order. 
but really it's status quo. I think everybody's aware of where we're at with that case. Um, if, and I'm sorry, any questions about that? No. Apparently the, not. Um, I'm sorry? No. Okay. No question. So the, the larger topic I wanted to address is what Mr. Miller um, uh, left off with, which was the blue tide properties. Um, uh, as everyone is aware, this is a large uh, piece of, um, of real estate without, throughout Hamilton County, but there are three parcels that are uh, directly in our neck of the woods, um, two of which are side by side that are, you know, over five acres. And then, of course, the Drake Motel Hotel. Um, so... Mr. Miller shared with me the notices of violation that were sent out uh, around April 20th, 21st, and 22nd. Um, and I wanted to pen a personal letter, if you will, to the receiver, Jeff Lane, uh, who is with Prodigy Properties, uh, letting him know the um, importance of um, the receiver getting back to us quickly uh, about uh, potential abatement of the nuisances. So I'm glad to hear that he did reach out to the township and I'll look forward to that meeting next week. Um, one thing I also attached to my correspondence to Mr. Lane, the receiver, was a notice from 2016 uh, that the township was had sent pursuant to revised code 505.86. Um, that is the revised code provision that basically once you have dangerous and unsafe structures allows the township to initiate a process to lead to the uh, demolition of those structures. And the township was on the cusp of that in 2016. Uh, it had passed the resolution. Uh, it had uh, held the public hearing. And that notice that went out was sort of the last piece before um, our maintenance department, or more likely a contractor, would go in there to do demolition. Uh, so I was curious as to why um, those structures are still standing. Uh, I reached out to the former law director to get an understanding of that. Um, and he told me that um, a group, I believe, headed by former Bengals kicker Doug Pelfrey, had. That's blue tide. I'm sorry. Blue Tide. Yeah, Doug Pelfrey is Blue Tide. Yeah. So mm -hmm. um, in any event, I guess Blue Tide, Doug Pelfrey's group, uh, whoever came in and made a proposal at the 11th hour to um, put up some type of veterans housing there, uh, which, you know, had obvious appeal. So that's why the 2016 abatement efforts came, you know, to a halt. Um, to my knowledge, there's nothing um, that's going to come to fruition with that. So that appears to be off the table. Um, and I, I bring that up simply because um, if you have had an opportunity to look at the foreclosure action that was filed against Blue Tide, uh, these three parcels are just three of probably over 20. So this is... Um, a receivership that could take quite some time to address the various um, parcels. And I'm not sure what priority 
is going to be given to the ones that lie in Sycamore Township. Um, so I, <clears throat> I want to have this discussion with the receiver. I want to see what kind of concrete plans uh, and timeline he's going to bring to us in terms of actually getting this property abated, which I think we've well documented, especially in recent meetings, is not only a fire hazard and a safety hazard, but perhaps a place where illicit activity is taking place. Um, and if those plans are not plans that um, give the township and myself a lot of confidence about the immediate abatement of the properties, I'd like to go into executive session at our next meeting on May 18th to discuss some legal action I'm considering for the township to take to get the process um, moved into warp speed. Um, and we can discuss that more. Uh, I'd like to give this gentleman an opportunity to present a concrete plan that has some immediacy to it. But I just want to put plant that seed that that may be something you see pop up on the agenda for May 18th. The other thing that I think we would probably be looking at at that time um, and not that it would be the same thing, it might be two trains running down parallel tracks, would be whether the board would want to reinitiate proceedings under RC 505.86 to abate the nuisances on the property. Um, one of my concerns there <clears throat> is that's obviously, <clears throat> pardon me, that's obviously going to be a significant cost. And um, as you may know, the receivership statute was drastically changed about eight years ago in Ohio. Uh, the good part of it is it, it does give the receiver a lot of power, uh, but along with that also comes the stripping of liens on property. My initial investigation indicates that taxes and assessments are not part of the receiver's power through the court to have stripped. Um, and I'm not sure if abatement costs would be considered an assessment such that it could not be stripped. Um, I have my um, colleague, Emily uh, Kajawa, looking into that, and I've asked her to let me know that before the next meeting so I can come fully informed to discuss that with the board. But again, the takeaways from my comments this, uh, just now are that um, I hope the meeting with the receiver is productive next week. Uh, if not, expect uh, an executive session to discuss um, uh, what we might do in the present litigation to uh, get our voice heard uh, and get some priority paid to abatement. And then the third takeaway is that simultaneously with that, uh, the board may want to consider remedial action through revised code section 505.86. Uh, any questions about any of that, gentlemen? No. Nope. Nope. Anything further? That will do it for this evening, gentlemen. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Thank you. Uh, before we move on to the administrator, let me ask Mr. Miller. I got a text that was about 25 minutes old that someone else had been waiting to speak earlier. I think it was Barbara. She's not still on there waiting in the Zoom call, is she? I don't want to cut anyone out who was legitimately trying to. Uh, we do have, uh, I, I believe Barbara is still on. Barbara, was there something you wanted to say earlier? I received a text from someone saying you weren't able to do it and tried. Good evening. Hi, yes. Thank you for um, acknowledging me. I was just here tonight to ask for um, 
the red, white, and booms event to be able to go forward again. I had heard some conversation earlier that we had broken the rules last year. And I just wanted to say that um, that mailer that was held up did not go out until after the 4th of July. Not true. And the ads that were run were not um, run by anything to do with red, white, and booms. Those we had to do with uh, other entities. So um, that being said, I was just hoping that I could be acknowledged into the meeting that you guys are planning to have regarding red, white, and booms. Um, we did have a food tent last year. That was a private event. We had a fence around that that was fencing off. Um, it was not for the public consumption. The food was not for the public consumption. It was a private party um, that we had rented uh, the, the park out to have. And, you know, it's really grown this year. I think last year it was very popular with the surrounding neighborhoods, but I think this year is a, a good time to really step out and um, just enjoy being Americans and enjoy the 4th of July and, and celebrate the freedom that we have in our country. So with that being said, I would like to be invited into the meeting that you guys are having, um, I guess with uh, Standish Fortin. <clears throat> I think last year was a success. I think we kept it very measured and, and tried to be as respectful as we could of the situation that we all found ourselves in, but it was a beautiful event and you, you missed a good fireworks. Well, if you would uh, coordinate with Mr. Warwick and Mr. Fortin on that, I'm sure they can accommodate you into that. Okay. So, thank you. Thank um, you. Just for the record, for the record, I would just full like name and address for the record. Postcards I'm sorry, I can't hear two people are talking at once. I'm sorry. Yeah. So for the record, I'd just like to tell you that these postcards came before the event and on two days before the event, they came in Sims Township as well because I got a phone call from somebody in Sims, two people in Sims Township, both asking me what was going on at the park with the fireworks. So while you're telling me that it didn't get out until after the fireworks, that's incorrect, at least in our neighborhood and in a, in a neighborhood in Sims. So I can't tell you about the rest of the township. I can only tell you what, it hap what happened here. Okay, well, we it was got, mailed, I think, on, I think it was mailed on the Monday. And, and my understanding was it took a week. It wasn't delivered to the homes until the following Monday, which was July 6th. So, yeah, so, that's, so that's incorrect, at least for our neighborhood, but I can't speak for everybody else. Okay. I, th I think there was talk in a prior meeting from someone that they were hand delivered to mailboxes in some neighborhoods too. That might account for the difference. But uh, Barbara, would you state for the record your your full name and your address, by the way, so we have a record of that? Sure, Tom. Um, I live in Madeira. My name is Barbara Hall Waddell, and I live at 6022 Cherokee Drive. However, I do own two properties uh, myself. And then my husband has recently become a business owner in Sycamore Township as well. He bought a property on Montgomery Road. Great. All right. Well, thank you very much for speaking tonight. Well, All right. Thank you. Barbara, Barbara, you may want to get in touch with uh, Skyler. Is that right, Skyler? Do you want to get in touch with Barbara? Uh, no, no. For the fireworks? Yeah. Uh, that we can, we can coordinate that. Let's get in touch with the staff. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's, great, That's fine. Okay. Thank you. All right. Great. Thank you. Sure. All right. Um, moving back to the agenda, then administrator report time. Can you put up my docs, Skyler? Yes, sir. Thanks. First. Uh, I have the uh, our drafts of the five-year plan for fire departments, the first one up there. What we're trying to do is just formalize our capital plans just a little better so that we don't feel like we're running in here with an emergency, although those, that can happen from time to time if we crash a vehicle. 
but trying to plan it out and look over five years. Obviously, with a five-year plan, uh, I don't know that you can uh, put a whole lot of confidence in years four and five for sure, but we're just trying to uh, to set it up that way. So you can see the fire department, uh, what they have listed right now in 2021 is uh, would come to 183,277. I believe in all of these plans, uh, the grand majority of it is tiffable, if not all. There might be a couple items that he has on there that, uh, but I'm, I'm thinking pretty much for all these departments, uh, they can be handled. So that's the fire department. If you'll scroll, please, Skylar. Specifically capital equipment. Capital, capital equipment, yeah. just yeah. capital equipment. And we have uh, maintenance up next. And he has a couple of vehicles for this year and uh, some other items. Um, and uh, I don't know, maybe some of the smaller items wouldn't be exactly tippable, but I think most of it is. And so maintenance has uh, 306,000 slated for 2021. And then he is start to spread out uh, and predict his other years. And then the next one should be the sheriff which is just vehicles. And uh, we have uh, laid those out uh, by mileage and wear and hours. Um, and uh, uh, we have got three listed for 2021, which would be about 115,000. Um, we wanted to get, give you, let you have a look at this so you can kind of see what we're trying to do. We will come back to you at the next meeting with uh, an appropriation uh, resolution uh, for the capital items that we have in 2021. We'll probably have uh, a little more discussion between departments, but basically I think uh, our proposal will pretty much be along those lines uh, in the next meeting. Any questions or suggestions on that? Uh, question that isn't just related to this, it just came to mind. Have we allocated all the CARES Act money we got? That That's all uh, basically, there's probably a little bit left over uh, because we were uncertain on some costs, mm -hmm. but for the most part, it's used up. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Sorry. Any other questions about any of this from anyone? No. Okay. Go ahead, Ray. I think the next thing I wanted to give you a little recap on our health plan, which we know was upside down and growing in that direction. Uh, this is the first quarter recap, which really isn't accurate. Uh, the numbers here, the, the uh, uh, provider or the pool operates on a uh, fiscal year that's uh, July 1st through June 30. So we're actually looking at nine months here, year to date through March. And you can see that uh, at the beginning of March last year, we were 48,000 uh, in the hole had a deficit, meaning obviously we had more in claims costs than we were collecting in uh, premiums. Um, at the beginning of uh, March 2021, we were actually worse um, uh, by a little at 1.2 million. You can see the premiums that were collected down in the next line. The premiums are higher collected for March because you know we raised the amount we were going to put in because we're self-insured, those payments only kicked in 
in January. So you have uh, six months of the old uh, contributions and three months of the new. So that will continue to be higher. Then the next thing to look at is total claims. Um, and we had, uh, when you compare the two years just on the total claim line, it doesn't look very good. 2.7 million this year versus 1.3 last year. But then you have to put in the coverage and the rebates. We have a 50,000 stop loss on, uh, uh, on folks. And that's when the insurance part kicks in. We had a we had a very large claim uh, that hit us in the in the uh, nine months and a couple others that hit stop loss. So then the coverage kicked in to uh, uh, go against the 2.7 at about 1.8 uh, million. So net claims is the real cost, and you can see net claims uh, year to date date versus last year are lower. So that's good. Um, the fees are administrative fees that we pay to the broke commission to the broker and to various other functions uh, uh, to keep track of all this stuff. So when we look at how did we net, how have we netted out in the nine months last year through the nine months, we actually were in the negative two two four. So we added to the de deficit. This year we're showing a positive two ninety five. And so we've lowered the deficit uh, to 936. Uh, all of that's good news. That's all of the direction that we wanted to go on all of those things. And the new programs that were put into place, and we all have to thank uh, Beth Gunderson for setting all this up and kind of navigating all this for us. Um, we've got a, a new way to buy pharmaceuticals, if you will, by cutting out some middlemen and it takes down the, the, the margin fees that a couple other people in between were getting. They don't get those now, and those were on a percentage, and, and they weren't as controllable. So by switching to that newer type of plan, we saved about $5,000. And the reference-based pricing is that new setup with the hospitals where it's a negotiated set of rates instead of the standard matrix of rates through a, a TPA. And that has, uh, if when we compare all of the things that happened in hospital costs versus what they would have cost last year, we've saved actually $50,000. The other thing that we did is we had some folks go into the HSA and it doesn't really apply this year because we did 100% uh, seed them, but let's say in a year where there's no seeding and those folks have got their HSAs built up, um, uh, HSA uh, money would have covered $10,000 worth of uh, money that would, would uh, ordinarily be paid. So just with the three little programs, it's about $65,000 in sales there. And I think then just uh, uh, knock on wood and uh, prayers that we're all stay a little more healthy the claims will go down, but I just wanted to point out that it's all moving in the right direction. Uh, we will, we've, on the fiscal year, we've got six months left. So when we get to June 30, then we'll take stock of what our, our, our deficit is. And uh, hopefully if we're continue to move in the right direction, then we'll be in a position to negotiate with uh, Jefferson Health Plan 
and lower the amount of uh, contribution slash premiums that we're putting in. So looks how, good. Thank you. Yeah, how is HSA participation? How did that turn out in the end? I don't remember if we ever got metrics on that or not, but did many sign up? Uh, it it better than expected. I can't remember exact percentage, but uh, yes, we got some precipitation uh, precipitation on all of it, participation on all of it. Um, hopefully, more will decide to come aboard uh, next year. Okay. Uh, any questions about that from anyone? All right. What else have you got? Uh, let me do this uh, resolution. This is, uh, as you know, we're we're move, the JED money covers uh, a lot of costs, especially for fire and maintenance. And what has happened in years past has been a little bit of a, a little clunky, if you will, because the JEDs would pay for things in those departments and the department head wasn't really aware of what was being paid. And also at the end of the year is when we would have our CPA backfill and clean up appropriations that were um in the negative and those kinds of things this year we want to move the jed money over so that we can uh stay on top of appropriations all year and probably more importantly that the department heads will they will be deciding on all of the things that are spent in their department and uh, i just think that's going to be a better way to do it we'll see how it goes and also, when we get to the year of the end, there won't be as many uh, journal entries, so to speak, that have to be made to, to uh, correct things. And it'll also make, uh, it'll take down the cost that we spend with the CPA. Um, and certainly by being on UAN, because we can tie into the state's reporting system called Hinkle directly with our year end. And uh, also we'll have a better year to year uh, comparison of our revenue and our spending. So we have met, we had mapped out in the budget and put, and you've already approved the appropriations uh, for these, uh, for the amount of spending here. But what we haven't done is done the final piece of legislation, which transfers uh, the JED money in between departments. And that's not something that administration can do without your approval. We can only make some transfers within departments. So exhibit A kind of lines out uh, the JED money that came out and uh, how they funded the four departments. And uh, uh, all of it balances and all balances out uh, once it's entered into uh, UAN. Um, any questions on what we're doing here? I'll read the resolution. A resolution authorizing and directing the transfer of monies from the JEDS funds to various other funds, dispensing with a second reading and declaring an emergency. Second. All right. Any discussion as to this? All right. Uh, Mr. Porter, will you call the roll? Mr. LaBarbera? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weedman? Aye. Thank you. Um, the staff has, to, we've got the hybrid meeting going on this evening where some folks chose to come here, some 
uh, stay uh, remote, which is is fine. The state of Ohio has, uh, I think, approved officially that uh, uh, local governments can have uh, remote meetings. Um, although many local governments are coming back together. So we thought we'd try this hybrid thing. The other thing the staff has talked about is the reopening of this building. So uh, residents and uh, customers for zoning can come in. And what we're talking about is opening the building on June 1st. Um, uh, there's still time to obviously see what kind of restrictions, hopefully, additional restrictions that are gonna be lifted that would make that uh, um, even more of a, a in line with what we're able to do. But for right now, I wanted to let you know that that's what we've been talking about. And of course, we welcome any input uh, as we walk up on that date. I, I think that makes sense. People have the opportunity to get vaccines and many people have, and uh, the, the world's a different place than it was a year ago in many ways, but uh, things are opening back up. And if the staff is comfortable with doing that too, then I think we should start moving toward that. I think I think June 1st is a good target date. Yeah. Especially if the staff is all in agreement, we're, yeah. we're okay then. Yes. I think we're good. We want you so guys to be comfortable. Tracy takes care of sure. I know it was last year. <laughs> 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 okay, I have some large POs. The first one, um, Mr. Porter asked me to prepare a PO for the Bucks annual maintenance uh, agreement, and we got it reduced because uh, we went down from a four-user system to a one-user system. Um, and I, I'm not in agreement with this. There's a couple of things. I think that the uh, migration over to UAN has gone pretty well. And I think we're well balanced there and ready to move forward. Uh, this would be an insurance policy, I guess. It's $5,915.88. And then the other thing that's I, I want us to consider uh, a changing, we still have Debbie entering everything in bucks, and now it's time for her to start entering in UAN. And there's that's simply too much workload for her. I think that we uh, the parallel work that we did in the first uh, three months uh, proves that we've we've got a good balance. All the bank recs work, uh, so I would ask that uh, uh, we consider that we don't have to go parallel on um, on bucks. That's a different uh, conversation. So there's two things. One, do we want the insurance policy? I have a, a PO here if we want to do that. Um, and then I think that uh, uh, the consideration about not doing, not continuing parallel maybe needs a little more thought. I think I would bring it up at the, the next meeting to see if we can reach some kind of a decision on that. As to the, the it's an annual maintenance agreement with, uh, what is it, Donald R. Frying Company, which produces bucks. If we were to let the maintenance agreement drop now, since as of April 1st, UAN became the township's accounting system based on our prior votes and on the settlement agreement we entered into, but we determined that there's something we need to get back into bucks for that we need support for. It's not something that would be ordinary because we still have access to bucks even after dropping support. 
Um, what's the cost of re-upping later if we don't renew the contract now? Yeah, it's pretty simple and all software support works this way. We we simply would have to go and pay for the months that we we weren't on the plan. So, so pay, if, pay it now and maybe not need it at all or wait until we need it and pay the same amount? Yes, yes. Okay. You just have to go back and make it whole, if you will. Ray, I got a question on the, um, when I called into the office today at three o'clock, the check run wasn't uh, done out of UAN. Is is it done now or? Um, no, we needed, we, that? yeah, we needed to get uh, uh, some uh, checks from uh, Deluxe that have the account numbers on it. Um, we thought it had the same image uh, from Bucks, but it did not. So the checks will go out on Friday. Didn't we used to just print our checks? Yeah, that, that's what'll happen. The UAN system you will- You're gonna get it from Deluxe. You, you know, I'm, the, the thing is, I, I've talked to a lot of other townships and until you got your UAN system up and running smoothly, this is the kind of thing that can happen. There'll be glitches and, um, you know, checks won't get out and uh, things won't get added in. I, I, real, I really think this is an inexpensive thing to keep, keep ourselves running smoothly so we can get checks out and receipts accounted for. Um, and I, I was under the impression that's what we were going to do from uh, from the very beginning on discussions and not just cut. We were going to run it parallel for the year until uh, UAN was totally integrated and then, uh, you know, then switch to UAN. But I think that was a discussion early on, but then we agreed April would be the, the actual cutover date rather than a later cutover with them running in parallel. Yeah. And UAN is up to speed from what I understood, other than I guess we need these checks to print on, which will- Yeah, that was it. We thought it could go in the same pattern as Bucks, but the, the, the state says they don't even want checks done like that, that they wanted the, the check to have the, uh, uh, have the account numbers and the routing numbers on it because the way we were doing with bucks, we could have printed those on anything. So it, it just didn't have the magnetic ink on it. Well, no, it, it we printed it on there. And what the state is saying, we don't we don't like that program. We want you to have official checks. I don't know how much more security that gives us, but that's that's what we were told. Well, we're yeah. we're talking two different things here, though, and conflating them in a bit. There's there's the maintenance agreement which not having it doesn't stop us from getting into box and doing whatever we want because we own the software. We just wouldn't be getting updates in the future. And then we're talking about parallel, which is a different issue. Uh, as to the maintenance agreement, I, I don't see any reason to pay it now if we don't necessarily need it. And if we need it later, we can pay it then. Does anyone disagree with that? I disagree. I agree with, it. I agree with you on it. I just, I'm gonna yield to Mr. Porter. As a fiscal officer. Well, Mr. Porter, what advantages are, are we, I guess, giving up by waiting to pay for maintenance rather than well, if, First of all, I, I'm not, I don't necessarily agree with Mr. Warwick with that we can just call them up and they're going to respond to us when we haven't paid our, our annual maintenance agreement. Um, 
as as I say, if if this is a, a foul up with the checks getting out, now we're it's told it's going to be Friday. But I, I'm I'm telling you, with talking to other townships on UAN, foul ups with uh, UAN and getting checks out happen all the time, and until it's you know until it's running smoothly, like we never had this issue with with bucks where we had to hold up well, a check run. Well, we did indeed, even since I've been here. I don't want to belabor it. Uh, I, I think that this uh, glitch is, is not that uh, catastrophic. And uh, in terms of being able to call Bucks back, um, it, when the day we call them, Rob, they're going to make us go. If we miss three months of paying, we're going to have to agree to go back and pay those three months. Right. And um, the other thing I disagreed with what you said is that our, our uh, accounting expenses are going to be less this year with the accountant. I think you're going to find that if you compare what we've spent for the accountant this year, uh, going back to previous years, it's going to be substantially higher. And um, but. You know that's a battle that I lost, and I'm not going to redo it here. We're on we're on UAN. We got to make it work, but I think we've got to, uh, you know, we got to keep the keep the well. And we another thing is with the CIC, we're going to be using bucks for that when we need to, uh, you know. You know, that was that was something I don't know that everyone was aware of that UAN wouldn't handle everything like Bucks did for the township. And uh, you had to give a separate license for the CIC. Wait, yeah. so are you saying UAN is not handling CI, the CIC? It is not. No, it could, but it would cost more. And CIC is so simple. Uh, we might as well just leave it in Bucks or we could put well, it in. I, I agree with that. I agree we should leave it on on with uh, bucks, but I think we should I think we should have the uh, the maintenance agreement in case something goes goes awry with it. I mean, we do we just did it with the uh, other IT systems at the township. I don't know why we don't do it with one of the most important IT systems we have, which is the uh, accounting systems. Well, because we've transitioned away from it now and we don't necessarily need to be paying for support we won't be using and if we can pay for the sport when we do need it. Why not wait until we actually need it? Because we might never need it. So why pay now? I, I just, I, I don't see the advantage. If you can explain some advantage, I'm willing to listen to that. But if it's, you know, pay it and then maybe- well, we, might we might never need the IT uh, support that we have. But, you know, we'll you know whenever you use accounting yeah. systems, you have it. Yeah, we've been drawing on the IT support a lot though. Um, Well, all I can say is if, if it gets, if UAN gets fouled up and there's, uh, and there's not uh, checks being issued untimely to our vendors, it's not on me. I agree with that. Are there any critical checks that are being held up? That no. Okay. How are we issuing checks currently? Because I guess you had me, well, those were CIC checks I signed earlier. So that yeah, that's a yeah. separate checking account. Yeah. It's a whole, that's a, like a checkbook. Yeah. And in an emergency, I assume we can manually issue a check, can't we? 
Yes, but we're, this will be solved in a matter right. of hours. Right. This is not consequential in other words. No. Right. No. So, okay. I, I just, I don't see any reason to pay thousands of dollars for tech support that we're probably not going to use. But if we need it later, we pay it then. Do you want me? Do you want me to put this forth? To you? Uh, is is there a motion as to that PO from anyone? Apparently not. So no, I bypass it. Okay, I have a few other POs here. Um, I'm just going to handful. I'll go through them quickly. These are routine. Uh, the first one is PO 8814, and that has to do with, uh, well, you're probably in a different order, Skyler, but. They are, uh, one for uh, Sorry. This is for $132,350. This is to pay the uh, uh, interest uh, cost on uh, the various purpose refunding bonds from 2016. Motion to approve. Second. Any discussion? Mr. Porter, call the roll, please. Mr. LaBarber? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weedman? Aye. Next one, same kind of thing. It's uh, PO8815. It's for the Tri-Health General Obligation Bond, and the amount is 53375 Motion to approve. Second. Any discussion? Mr. Porter? Mr. LaBarber? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. And Mr. Weedman. Aye. All right. The next is the, the Carpenter Marty Transportation uh, the item. It's uh, PO8817. Tracy talked about uh, for the Dillonvale subdivision culvert. It's $48,600. Motion to approve. Second. Any discussion? Mr. Porter? Mr. LaBarbera? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weedman. Aye. And uh, 8819 is for Capital Electric Line Builders. This is for fiber testing for the parks to, to complete our fiber optic uh, outfitting of the parks. It's for 41, 46, and 78 cents. Motion to approve. Second. Any discussion? Mr. Porter? Mr. LaBarbera? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weedman? Aye. Okay, PO8821, this uh, buttons up by the day, uh, by the way, today, the, uh, the uh, renewal of the, the bonds or the note uh, that we worked on, all of the transactions happened today, we had our closing, and so this purchase order kind of buttons it up um, for the uh, 2020 bond renewal, so there are 2021 uh, bond notes now, and the amount is $4,341,078.44. Motion to approve. Second. Any discussion? Mr. Porter. Mr. LaBarber? Aye. Mr. James? Aye. Mr. Weedman? Aye. That's all I have. Question that comes to mind from one of these is to fiber. Tracy, I think you mentioned to me before we were working on a fiber map or something like that with our vendor as to what's where and where we have cameras. How's that coming along? Uh, we're still working on John is on vacation, so he's been working with them. Uh, he's got the map of the route that they go. Uh -huh. The cameras are not placed on that map. Yeah. Okay, thanks. 
All right, Ray, anything else from you? I have nothing. All right, um, Mr. Porter, you're up. Um, well, uh, Ray, was there a, um, was there a check run? There's no check run, I guess. Oh know. yeah, they can, I'm sorry. Uh, the, the check run comes to $4,613,492.27. That also includes the, uh, the wire transfer. Okay, uh, and then the and then the receipts were uh, three hundred eighty-one thousand twenty-one dollars and fifty-one cents. Motion to approve. Second, and I like the I like the way it's printed out now, so you can see where what, what we're buying, what we're spending money on. Thank you. Mm -hmm. All right. Any further discussion, Mr. Porter, Mr. LaBarbera, aye, Mr. James, aye, Mr. Weedman, aye. All right, anything else, Rob? Oh, nothing else. Okay, thank you. Um, let's move on to trustee comments then. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and start. First, uh, let me update you on the status of COVID in the county from our COVID defense team meeting yesterday and our community meeting today. In the past, we've had significantly more arms than doses of vaccine, but that has changed in the last two weeks, especially since the reauthorized use of, J &J, of the J&J &J vaccine. Now we have a significant supply of vaccine and a limited number of arms to put it in. For those people that have not yet received the vaccine but want to, they can go to testandprotectcincy.com. That is testandprotectcincy.com, where they will be able to find a location close to their home. If you click on vaccine information on that site, it will also show you the site at which vaccine, which, at which vaccine is being distributed at that site. As of this week, Kroger is also taking walk-ins at many of their locations. In Hamilton County, the, the zip codes with the lowest percentage of vaccinations happen to be in the core of the city. City Health Director Melba Moore is working on programs and events to get better participation in those neighborhoods. As for PPE, the Hamilton County Emergency Management Agency has, significantly, has a significant supply available and like the vaccine, the demand has dropped significantly. If any of our residents or businesses are in need of PPE, they can contact the Hamilton County EMA at 513-263-8200. Um, I wanna give you an update on the American Recovery Act and the exclusion of townships in Ohio for those funds. As you may know, townships in some states are designated as non-entitlement units of government which have been excluded from any American Recovery Act funds. I spoke with Senator Portman's staff today and they advised me that Senator Portman is scheduled to meet with Treasury this week prior to the final guidelines being released on May 10th to try to get allocation of funds to Ohio townships. As you probably know, 35% of the people who live in Ohio live in townships, so it's a significant number. Um, I also spoke with Senator Brown's office last week and they advised me that they continue to reach out to Treasury for township funding. I did hear, however, that Senator Brown spoke to the Ohio County Commissioners Association last week and said that the townships are gonna to have to either secure funds from the counties or the state if no changes are made. Frankly, I'm not the least bit optimistic that we're going to see allocated funding from the American Recovery Act to Ohio townships. I've been speaking to our legislators to remind them of the importance of allocating American Recovery Act funds from the state to townships 
and have suggested using the local government fund formula as a fair means of distribution. We will have to wait until next week to find out if Treasury has allocated those funds to townships and what restrictions might be placed on the distribution of the state funds as well. Um, just to, to reiterate a little bit about what Tracy said, our 2021 road program has kicked off where we're resurfacing 20% of our total roads or 10 linear miles using unencumbered TIF funds. This was a program that I was able to get passed through the legislature with the help of State Representative Bill Seitz. While other communities pass road levies onto their residents, this program allows us to use TIF funds generated from past economic development to do four years of road improvements in a single year without asking the residents for the money to pay for it. I've always said that we have the best roads in the county and this, and this will continue to allow us to stay in that great position. And then finally, I just wanna thank Tracy Kellums for the open house on the Plainfield and Larchview Road projects. I've received feedback from some of the people that attended and they are all very excited about the improvements. So uh, looking forward to getting those things completed. That's all I have for this evening. Thanks, Tom. Jim? Just wanna thank uh, Steve, your, your assistant, uh, uh, for contacting uh, the Metropolitan Shore District on behalf of uh, resident Hudson Province. So thank him for that. And on the Hamilton County uh, Health Meeting call today, as, as Tom mentioned, plenty of vaccines and we're looking for people. And uh, Greg Kesterman, the health commissioner, ran down some things. Now we're down, we go back, not too far back, 716 cases per day. Now we have 81 cases per day. In the county, 143 are in the hospital. And uh, the interesting note about that is 143 people, none have had the full complement of shots. So apparently it, it is working, get your shots. They also mentioned uh, some of the areas where they're actually going out into the community with vans to, to get people their shots. Indian Hill School, elementary is one uh, nearby the farmer's market in Milford in, uh, in Madeira. The Kroger stores all have them. And um, in India, they somebody brought up the, the question of India because it's been the uh, surge in India. And the problem there, uh, our health commissioner says, the lack of vaccinations. and. Um, uh, the American Rescue Plan was brought up in discussion on that today. I, I asked them about it. And uh, again, Portman and Brown's office have heard nothing. Uh, they're kicking the can uh, down the streets uh, and the treasurer is going to take care of it. We'll see what happens. May 10th is the day we should know something. So that, that's all I have. Okay. Stay healthy, stay safe. And just a few things for me. First of all, I guess between uh, Tom Weedman and I, we are wearing the ultimate preppy outfits here with his uh, bright green and my bright pink. So it's springtime here. Um, Tom, question. Uh, have, have you made any progress with the Township Association? I know you've been juggling a lot of people for that. Yeah. You're, uh, you're muted, I think. Sorry. I don't think I'm muted. Um, so, yeah, so it looks like we're probably going to, because so many days are, are um are uh, filled by trustee meetings, and we have to manage our way around legislators that were that are going to speak at it. For um, uh, if they are in uh, committee meetings, that that kind of messes us up a little bit. I'm shooting for Thursday, the 27th, because it looks like I that's the one clear day in May that I can get. I think I can get everybody there, but I, I have not confirmed that yet with it with uh, at least one of the legislators. So I'm work, still working on that. I got to text it that, text over to him. I'm just waiting to hear from him. But tentatively, we're going to try to shoot for May 27th. Um, we are all also working on our uh, September meeting right now, and we are going to probably do it at Sharonville Convention Center 
um, with the Hamilton County Municipal League, a combination of both of us all getting together. So uh, I'm working with Steiny Vonderhaar on that, and we'll hopefully we'll have uh, some answers on that in the future as well. Great, thank you. Um, just a few other things. I took the opportunity in the last few weeks to visit some of our committees, uh, which are born from volunteers from our, our community uh, who are there to help us come up with ideas for parks and also the finance committee. Mr. Porter was at the finance meeting too, and it was good to see him there. And, and we had some good discussions about things there. Um, but I, I wanna thank those who are serving on those committees. They're not paid. Our, our zoning people are paid, although a nominal amount too. And so we appreciate all they do, but these others are complete volunteer committees. So people are you know, using their talents and uh, their skills to try to help us out to all do better things for the residents and the township and to manage things better for them too. So uh, just, I wanna voice my appreciation for what they do. And if there are others out there who are interested in serving on those committees, it would be you know, great to hear from them too. We could always expand the membership potentially of some of these. Uh, we have representation, uh, for example, on the finance committee that seems to be heavily weighted toward up where Mr. Weedman lives and in the Sturbridge Heitmeyer areas. But if there are residents in Dillonvale who'd be interested who have some financial expertise, it would be great to have them on here too. But uh, thanks to those who are serving now, certainly. So uh, those are my comments here. I'll just note uh, announcement changes. Yoga in the park for this Sunday is not happening. Correct, Jason? That's correct. Uh, because of Mother's Day. And uh, so uh, there are some guided nature walks that are scheduled coming up in Bechtold Park on Tuesday, May 18th from 6 to 7 and Saturday, May 29th from 1 to 2, uh, meeting at Shelter 4. Other scheduled meetings and events are on our township calendar on our website, and I encourage people to take a look at that. Uh, any further business from anyone here? Motion to adjourn. Second. All right. All in favor? Aye. 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 Let the record reflect. We are adjourned at 8.57 p.m. Thank you. <laughs>